Welcome to the second episode of Superman Confidential, the podcast, and I am here to talk all about the Man of Steel, specifically Elseworlds. I'm Tom, your host, and the CW's big crossover, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow, was this past week, Elseworlds featuring Superman and the introduction of Lois Lane, so I'm going to get right into that right away. Before I do that, I the show is now available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere, all submitted, all ready to go there, so you are free to subscribe if you want i would appreciate it. subscribe spread the word leave a review if you if you like what you're hearing uh and and let me know what you what else you want to know on this show or what else you want to hear what topics you want you can find the show at superman pod on twitter you can contact me at krypton tom on twitter and anything you want to talk about related to the man of steel uh is definitely a possibility for the future of this podcast but let's get into elseworlds i'll give you my overall thoughts i enjoyed it I thought it was fun. I had some problems. I thought the story was a little thin, and uh, there were some conveniences in the in the story and some of the things going on. But overall, I had fun, especially if you look at it from Barry Allen, Oliver Queen perspective. A lot of good things going on there, uh, especially if you are a longtime fan of those shows and watch all those other shows. Then there's a lot of good stuff there. Although I did have some problems. Uh, that's not what you're here for. If you want to hear more about my overall thoughts, I did a review with. Zach and Travis and the DC drop. I will leave a, a link in the show notes there that, that covers all of the, the crossover, but I wanted to dig in deep here and talk specifically Superman stuff and Lois Lane. So I will go episode by episode here. I will say overall, I think Tyler Hecklin did a good job with what he was asked to do. I think he both as Superman and evil Superman, if you want to call him that. Uh, spoilers now, by the way. Uh, spoilers are on the way. I think he did a good job with what he was asked to do. I like some of the stuff he did. I liked, disliked some of the other things that the character was written to do, um, and that's that's how it goes with pretty much every interpretation. But some things, especially towards the end, that I really didn't like. But the Flash episode was probably my my favorite of the three, both in terms of quality and for how Superman was used. Obviously, the second episode didn't really have Superman, and the third one was uh, a lot going on there. But the, for the Flash episode, this was probably the most I've liked Tyler Hecklin's Superman. In the role, he seemed to be a little more comfortable. He had a little bit of that that quiet confidence that Superman carries as both Superman and as Clark Kent. I thought he did a he seemed more comfortable doing that than maybe in previous appearances. Even though he only had three in a cameo and another before this, he seemed a little more settled in the role and more comfortable. And I gotta say, Bitsy Tolick as Lois Lane did fantastic in this episode. She seemed like Lois Lane to me. Uh, she had a lot of good. Did a lot of good things. She establishes herself right away. Their chemistry together was believable. They seemed like a couple who had been around, been together for a long time, and they knew each other very well. And yeah, I, I really like this Lois and Clark in here. And I thought I thought they did very well in the Flash. So um, it does take a lot till we get into the Superman part of it. It's twenty minutes in, in a forty-two minute episode. Um, not terribly surprising. I think there was about the exact amount of Superman that I would have expected in this crossover. We knew he was going to be in all three episodes, although not much in the second, but I think he was used about as much as what we would have thought. But 20 minutes in, we get that Earth 38, Smallville, Kansas, and they play the Smallville theme song. Remy Zero, still getting paychecks from the CW, I would presume. Um, I know a lot of people really like this. I'm a little mixed. I don't, I didn't have a strong opinion either way. Obviously, I like hearing that song. Uh, I'm a big Smallville fan, so I like hearing it. Although it does feel a little strange without Tom Welling and Erica Durant being on that Kent farm, and they use some establishing shots from that are the same as Smallville. Um, so it, 
yeah, I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I was kind of indifferent about it. Uh, neat to hear that stuff and see that stuff again, but also just a little strange without the, the Smallville characters there. This is a bit much to ask, but later on when fake Cisco says that they spent seven, or Oliver says that they'd spent about 17 times looking to breach to the right place, it would have been funny if they had breached to one here and it was Tom Welling and Erica Durant's even out of costume just as a quick second before they get to the right earth. That would have been fun, but uh, that's a little bit much to expect. But, you know, I, I think that would have been cool. Right away, we've got Superman holding up the truck. Lois is fixing it, and she's working on the story. Like like always, but like Lois Lane, she's interested in the story. And it's funny, we know they were at Argo City for a while, apparently having some fun and getting to know Kryptonian culture better. And so she wants to write a story on that. And you see her passion for the story, and I thought it was really funny how she mentioned the endless debates of the the council, the boring debates, because that is kind of an always uh, boring part of Kryptonian culture. Uh, not the most exciting one, but it, it's funny that like that is a big part of Superman's history. Not a big part, but something that's referenced in a lot of Superman media. And she pointed out how kind of boring it was, which from a human perspective, I definitely get that. Uh, but I did like how she wanted to deal the story. I understand Clark not wanting her to write it. How do you justify that? Um, I am curious what they told Perry White, what they told the Daily Planet when they were both gone for so long. And Superman, knowing Superman was at Argo, I wonder if what they said there. And we quickly see Kara on the Kent farm. I really liked how this felt normal. They didn't make a big deal out of it. They didn't act like it was Kara's first time on the Kent farm. That's something I've had a problem with on Supergirl in the past. They've been a little inconsistent in terms of how involved Clark and Kara are uh, as cousins and how much time they, they've spent together. I know when he, when Tyler Hecklin first showed up as Superman on the show, he asked Kara to tell him about Kryptonian culture, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Tell him about his family because Kara had been on Earth at, for 13 years at that point and had never asked about that. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and they've been a little inconsistent with that. But here they showed this is, I mean, this could happen every weekend. Kara showing up on the Kent farm. That's what that's what it looked like. It felt comfortable. It felt normal. It didn't seem like a big deal. It, felt, it seemed like a normal thing which I kind of like to think is the case, even if they can't always show Superman or don't want to show Superman, I've always kind of thought that they're hanging off, hanging out off screen. And so I thought that was a good use there. We get to see the Clark and Kara truck talk when they're having a break. I thought that was a really nice, this is, this is kind of my favorite way to use Superman in Supergirl. He's not by no means taking over, but you can see a little bit of a mentorship role. This is a Superman who's been doing this for over 15 years now. He should have a little experience, be able to to do that, but also Kara can work things out on her own. And so that was a nice balance there. Uh, he, he imparted some wisdom. I did get a little bit worried at this point that they were, uh, you know, he said he wanted to talk about something and I thought maybe that means a retirement. I, I was worried that they were going that way. Um, and also hinting at maybe something going on with Lois, uh, a pregnancy or proposal. And I wasn't entirely off on that mark. Um, but that will come later. And then, you know, uh, everybody shows up at the farm. Oliver and Barry, a fun little gag with Oliver being intimidated by Clark or a little insecure, although I'm not sure why since he didn't know Superman, but uh, still a fun little gag. And, you know, Cisco, who are you? Cisco asking, asking Clark, who are you? Which is kind of a disappointment um, just from the, the thing, uh, the, the, the aspect of all these heroes meeting Superman, you think they would be excited, but Obviously, that doesn't make sense because they're he's just Kara's cousin. They don't know him. He's from a different Earth. So Cisco's like, who are you? Which is totally in character for Cisco, but that sets up the 
the Superman line of a friend with the shirt rip and obviously a callback to the original Superman film with Christopher Reeve there. Uh, that was nice. And then we get to see Superman hopping over to Earth-1 and he and Supergirl join the team to battle Amazo. Um, this is kind of where he doesn't get much to do. Clark uh, gets one nice punch in on Amazo, but that doesn't really stop things. And then he's just used to hold down Amazo. Again, I understand it's not the it's not Superman show, so he doesn't get to save the day. But it is, it is a little disappointing that he doesn't get he didn't get any really great action here. And neither did Supergirl, really, to be honest. And and I think they struggled finding things for both of them to do. And I'll talk a little bit about that later with how they were used. But I, I don't think they quite nailed the balance of how to use the supers while also giving all the other characters, Green Arrow and Flash especially, things to do. So the heroes defeat Amazo. Clark decides to return to Earth-38 since it's unprotected. And Kara stays behind to help the Barry and Oliver figure out what's going on with their body swap, mind swap, however you want to describe it. On uh, another funny bit here where Sherlock, um, a character on The Flash, there's, he gets an alimony check to deliver a, a fun bit there. So I just wanted to, I, I wish there was a payoff later where we see briefly Superman delivering the alimony check. I think that would have been a fun callback, uh, especially when in part three, when they were breaching in, I think that would have been another fun thing to do just to have him instead of breaching into the Fortress of Solitude, you could have breached into Superman handing off some check to some alimony check to Sherlock's ex-wife. I thought that would have been a fun little thing to do, but still, this is this is the highlight for me. Is lots of lots of fun little things like this in jokes and all that kind of stuff. I thought that worked really well throughout the episodes, and it's strong here. And, and Superman was involved with that too, like all the other characters. On to Elseworlds Part Two. Not a lot of Superman here, actually none. Uh, this one has Green Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl meeting Batwoman. They go to Gotham. They go to Arkham. A lot going on there. One of the biggest Superman-related things here is. Kara explaining to Kate Kane, Batwoman, that Kara's cousin is friends with Bruce Wayne, who is Kate Kane's cousin, or friends or frenemies, as she mentions it. But that kind of raised an interesting question because it sounded like she was talking about the same Bruce Wayne, but Kate is from Earth 1, Kara's from Earth 38. So is is she saying Superman is friends with Earth 38, Bruce Wayne, and pretending it's the same one? Or is has Superman been to Earth-1 before to talk to Bruce Wayne, or has Bruce Wayne been to A38? I thought that was a little confusing there, and it, they were just acting like it was the same one. They could have clarified there, but I, I guess we're assuming Clark is friends with Bruce Wayne on Earth-38, and it's just a similar Bruce Wayne to the one on Earth-1. That's what I'm going with in my head, but a uh, cool moment that was kind of confusing by the way it wasn't described. And then we get the black-suited Superman showing up at the end. It's just a mystery, as reality has been rewritten again. And Barry and Oliver are now the Trigger Twins with no powers. And this this black-suited Superman shows up. It's a, it's a bit of a mystery that they don't resolve until the final night. But night three, the Supergirl episode, where Superman and Supergirl probably had the most to do. Um, it is revealed that the black-suited Superman is actually John Deegan. He has rewritten himself as Earth's hero. And for some reason, is wearing a black suit. And then there's also a confusing... A confusing part where Deegan is maybe imitating Supergirl, but wanted to take Superman's appearance. They don't really describe it if he is black-suited Supergirl or Superman. Uh, I don't think that was really handled well. It's kind of confusing there, but he is attempting to be Earth Zero as Superman by taking the powers and everybody's referring to him as Superman. Other Superman-related things, there is a, a gag with Jimmy Olsen where he is a, an enforcer for Cisco's gang or whatever is going on there, and he calls himself Superman's worst pal. Uh, so I don't know if that means he is a friend or if he is 
an antagonist of Superman, uh, but it, it's it's obviously a nod to Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, long-running comic book series, long-running term for Jimmy Olsen in the comics being Superman's pal uh, that was thrown in there. And there, another later reference was Bizarro, just kind of thrown out there. I think they were referring to the actual Superman as Bizarro, the main Superman. It was a little, another off-the-wall reference there, because does that mean Deegan as Superman also created a Bizarro on this earth to defeat? Or does the lady who said Bizarro just think of him as Bizarro? Because it's weird that there's two of them and one's different or something. I don't know. Uh, but another, I don't even want to call it an Easter egg because it wasn't really hidden there, but another reference to Superman-related stuff there. And with the with the evil Deegan on the loose, Barry and Oliver go to Earth-38 to get Superman, and they are at the Fortress of Solitude. Superman and Lois Lane are there hanging out, about to have a little barbecue in the Fortress of Solitude. It's, it's definitely a Silver Age-type feel Superman thing. Just have a little have a little fun, have a little cookout at the Fortress of Solitude. It looks like Superman was trying to do something important that he got to do later. Uh, and, and they mention the Book of Destiny to Superman. And this is, I like this. This is where they mentioned that he has seen things like the Book of Destiny before, encountered them. Uh, we haven't gotten a ton from the Superman in terms of what his experiences are. We know some things. We know he's been to War World. We know he's taken on and defeated Zod and killed Zod. We know he's defeated Lex Luthor and helped send him to jail. But other than that, we don't know a lot, and they don't always reference his experience or anything like that. So this was a cool thing. I'm glad they mentioned he has encountered things that can rewrite reality before or destiny. And they that's that's good. He's got a lot of experience, and I'm glad that they actually had something useful for him to do in that respect. And then he comes in, uh, gets a cool entrance to take on Deegan, the black-suited Superman. Uh, really cool entrance, and that's kind of where the good stuff ended <laughs> for me as a Superman fan. Uh, there wasn't a lot of good things going on after that. A lot of things I question. Uh, Deegan takes on Superman and is defeated pretty easily by Deegan, even though it was established that Oliver took two episodes trying to figure out Barry's powers. Deegan just got his powers and was able to defeat Superman, who has been doing this for a long time. I guess as part of the rewriting reality, you can say that he really learned how to, you know, he mentions at the start, Deacon says that he really learned how to use the book this time. So I guess you can say he he also taught himself how to use the powers as part of rewriting reality, or maybe he made himself more power than Superman. I wish they had referenced something like that. Otherwise, it just kind of makes Superman look weak, that he is defeated by an equally matched person who just got his powers. And I don't think Deegan has a lot of fighting experience as uh, before when he was a professor, a doctor or whatever. So that was kind of strange, um, but I get I get you need Deacon to go on to for the story to continue. But I wish that had been handled a little bit differently. Eventually, though, Supergirl is able to break free and get the book to Superman, who rewrites reality. He uses his experience to start to write reality until Deegan again breaks it up, gets the book, and takes it back. And there's some cool Superman and Lois stuff to come, but uh, not a lot of great things going on from here. So Superman points out that after Deegan gets the book back that Barry and Oliver were going to, or Barry and Carl were going to die doing the plan that they had to stop time somehow. Uh, I guess that was a, a reference, a little nod to the original Superman movie, the ending. Um, they're, they're taking probably the most disliked part of that film and, and bringing it into a plot point here. I think that's a bold to try to do that. But, you know, Superman says, I saw that you guys die. And then, you know, another thing here that bothers me is Green Arrow tells Superman he needs to hope. Uh, this is the darkest, most cynical take on Green Arrow maybe that there has been. And then he's telling Superman that he needs to hope. Okay. Um, 
you know, Superman is known for hope and optimism. And so that's, that's an interesting way to do it. And I mean, you can, you can say it's character growth for Green Arrow. That's fair. Um, but to see, I'd like to think Superman would believe or find a good, find a good, uh, find something helpful to contribute there, but this is not his story. And so Deegan has the book back and Superman goes to confront him, but gets distracted. There's a Mazo and Deegan is able to, or Superman gets knocked back. And then Lois shows up with Martian Manhunter and Brainy, Brainiac 5. And Lois has that hammer that was referred to earlier, but they never really explained what it was. Apparently, it is the solar hammer from the Cosmic Anvil. According to Bitsy Tolick, the actress on Twitter, she asked a producer because nobody quite knew what it was and it just kind of showed up. Uh, so that must be the solar hammer from the Cosmic Anvil. Cosmic Anvil I believe that is from All-Star Superman. There is a uh, a similar thing there where he breaks off chunks of the sun to feed to a sun eater. Yes, that is a real thing if you haven't read read All-Star Superman. Um, so I guess that's what it's from. So she's able to use that and knock the, the book down. But it's a cool thing for Lois to come in and, and get to save the day a little bit and get, get in on the action a little bit. Superman does then get to catch Lois. And that's kind of the only bit of heroics he gets to do in this, this final episode besides rewriting reality with the book um and then there's just there's a couple minute stretch there where it was uh disappointing to say the least things for for superman he he tells green arrow you had more faith than i did um we point out the favorite kryptonian which obviously you know cisco calls Kara his favorite kryptonian obviously you know he knows he knows Kara a lot better uh that's kind of a mean thing to say with superman standing right there in the background but okay and then we go back to the kent farm and we find out that clark is fixing up the farm for my kent so Apparently, Ma Kent is still around. Uh, wasn't in the show, but she's around doing something. Maybe she was out of town. Glad to get a reference to her. I'm guessing Jonathan is not around, or they would have mentioned him. But that's neat. That is that was cool to see that they're fixing it up for Ma Kent. And then here is the the weakest or the most disappointing part, where uh, if you remember at the end of season two, there was a they they really went out of their way to point that Supergirl is stronger. And Superman, having Superman say that, having others say that, um, I didn't really like that then. Uh, I don't. I, we don't need to establish that Superman is stronger than Supergirl. It is Supergirl's show. She's be, she should be the hero. She should save the day. But you don't need to weaken Superman or bring him down to do that. So I didn't like it then, and I really don't like that they doubled down on it here. Uh, Clark saying Supergirl is stronger than him. Clark saying the world doesn't need Superman if it has Supergirl. And Lois then agreeing, citing a study. Uh, so Lois agrees. I just thought that was unnecessary. Uh, imagine, imagine, you know, if that happened somewhere else, imagine Batman showing up on Green Arrow and Batman says, you know what? The world doesn't need Batman if it has Green Arrow. And then you cut to Commissioner Gordon saying, you know what? He, he's right. I think he's got a point there. And then Alfred says, yeah, actually some studies show that people who were on islands have a better chance in crisis or something like that. I just didn't like that. I thought it was really unnecessary. I don't know why there is a need to establish one as stronger than the other. I don't know why they can't just be two great characters who are good at what they do. Um, it, it really, really bothers me. I don't know. I don't know why you need to do that. Um, really disappointing ending. I don't have a huge problem with uh, Clark even taking some time off because Lois is pregnant and so they want to go to Argo and watch out for baby kicks. I don't understand the science of that. If, if the baby is away from sunlight and especially in continuities where Superman doesn't get his powers until he's older, if that would even be an issue. But I get it, wanting to go to Argo to watch out for that. Personally, I would have liked if 
Superman pointed out he had a breach device or something from Cisco where if he was ever really needed, he would he would pop out. But I understand Superman wanting to take, to take some time off. Uh, I just wish there's no reason to <laughs> establish one as better than the other and go out of your way to do that. You could simply say, you know what, I want to, Superman could say, I, I want to take some time off and I think the world will be good without you. You've proven yourself. You're capable of handling it. This world can get by with you as its hero. And that would have been fine in that you, you accomplished the same thing without needing to, it feels like kind of crap on Superman a little bit there. So that's frustrating. Uh, definitely not my favorite part. I, I really disliked it. And I can even see Superman saying the world doesn't need Superman if it has a Supergirl. I can I can buy Superman saying that. He's humble. He, he wants to... Um, he believes in his cousin. That's fine. But then Lois agreeing, Kara kind of gives a half, half-hearted half face that she might want to disagree, but then she goes along with it. So yeah, it just makes him kind of feel useless and <laughs> unnecessary. And, and that's disappointing. It's also disappointing to hear at a time when, uh, you know, outside of the show, they don't, there's no Superman movie in development. There's nothing Superman related in development, but there's a Supergirl movie in development. There is a Superman or there's a Supergirl TV show, obviously on the air. And so it felt like a bit of a slap in the face to Superman fans who don't have any Superman to look forward to in live action for a while. And to hear that uh, was really frustrating. In terms of Lois being pregnant, that's cool. Um, <laughs> that's great. I like if they go the way of John Kent. John Kent's an awesome character. Uh, I don't know if this is a way to just write Lois and Clark out of the Arrowverse permanently or if it's just for a while and they hope to bring him back. But uh, if they ever do come back, if it was with John Kent, that would be really cool because that's a that's a fantastic character. I don't know if they would age him up or if they would do anything weird. Who knows with what's coming out on the next crossover, if they could bring it back and age him or whatever. I don't know if they have any plans to do that, if this is just a way to write him out or they have plans to bring him back. So I guess this leaves us with Lois is pregnant. Clark proposes to Lois. I thought that was a nice thing at the Fortress of Solitude, finding they're pregnant, finding out. The proposal going to Argo, I thought that was all really nice. I was undercut because I was so distracted by the previous several minutes that I couldn't really enjoy it. But that is a a good of reason, and I'm glad Clark isn't retiring for good. I was a little worried after the first episode that he was going to retire for good and say, ah, the world doesn't need me at all. He kind of said that, but he does at least plan to come back eventually. So I'm glad that is that is the case. But overall, yeah, this is, I said the first episode was probably my favorite use of Superman in this universe. The final episode was my least favorite. And, you know, overall, how do how was Superman used well? I don't think he was. I don't think there was a good enough reason to bring him in to this crossover if they they didn't have enough for him to do, enough a good enough reason to bring him in. Now, we know next is Crisis on Infinite Earths. If they have plans for to bring some of these elements back into play, if they want to, you know, there there's a baby that has a big role in Crisis on Infinite Earths, not Superman's baby, but there's a baby, maybe that one, it, maybe the, some of those plot elements carry forward. But if they're just writing Superman out of Crisis on Infinite Earths by doing this here, I think you could have accomplished that in a random a random Supergirl episode and didn't need to bring him in here to do it. But overall, Superman, and I know a lot of people liked this performance of, of Hecklin and everything. And I think he, like I said, I think Hecklin did well as Superman, as Clark Kent, as Deegan. I think he did a well, he did well overall. I liked a lot of things he did as Clark Kent and as Superman, but the final episode was really disappointing to me, having him lose faith and be out-hoped, if you will, by Green Arrow, have him uh, lose a fight to Deegan, lose, you know, he lost earlier in the Amazo fight, 
Um, not a lot of good Superman stuff. Uh, if you look at what he actually did, was he used well? And I would say no. He he held one arm for Amazo. He was able to rewrite the Book of Destiny partially, and he caught Lois. And that's it in three episodes, really. He did give some a little bit of wisdom to Kara, I guess, but that was about it. So I don't know that this story required the use of Superman. Um, and these crossovers have... Uh, like I said, I've enjoyed all of them, and I even enjoyed this one uh, on the whole. But they've struggled to use Supergirl. If you remember in Invasion a couple years ago, in the, the final episode, Oliver asks Kara to sit it out. So they kind of had to write her out because she's so powerful. And in Crisis on Earth X, she is her heart's about to get. She's about to be used for a heart transplant, and she is under a red, a red sunlamp for most of it. So she gets erased for the majority of them. And... Even here, I thought Supergirl didn't get quite enough to do. So I think they've really struggled. As much as I've enjoyed these on the whole, I think they've struggled with how to fit in the supers. And I don't think the the story here really fit the use, needed the use for both of them. Um, Barry and Oliver were great in these episodes, but I think they struggled a little bit with how to fit in, how to use the Kryptonians from a power set. Uh, Kara, Kara got a lot of good things to do as Kara Danvers, but as Supergirl, she had less to do. And Superman, the same thing. He He really didn't do a ton useful again maybe some of these things come into play later but overall a little i'm you know the the ending especially left a sour taste in my mouth from a superman perspective lois lane though i gotta i gotta say lois lane was used pretty well i enjoyed her in the first episode she gets a little bit to do in the final episode and she did she did well with it um comes in and kind of saves the day a little bit there while while also um you know, getting the pregnancy and proposal reveal and all of that thing. She she did a, a fine job overall, and I enjoyed that. Um, she did she did have the line about how the world might be better off with Kara than Superman. But then, if if you want to look for a silver lining from a Superman fan perspective, she does have the line later at the Fortress of Solitude where she says, "You know what? Maybe the world won't be so so bad off with just Kara Danvers. She's pretty great." And so that almost made it feel like she was trying to boost Kara's confidence earlier. Um, I guess that. You know, that makes it a little bit more redeeming for a Superman fan. But then I'm kind of mad at Lois for if she was lying or if she was just trying to boost Kara's confidence. I think Kara's fine on her own. She doesn't necessarily need that. So, again, a mixed bag there. But I'm a Superman fan, so I'm going to overanalyze and overscrutinize these things, as they say. Um, but I'm curious what everyone's thoughts are on this, on Superman and the crossover. Like I said, a lot of good things. Uh, the final episode, especially, I had some problems with it. But I know a lot of people like the portrayal overall. And, and want to see more of this Superman, but it looks like we're not going to for a while. So if you like that, that's disappointing. Um, and, and the big question is, what's up next? Will a Superman and or Lois Lane appear in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover next year? That's a good question. Uh, I wouldn't expect a Superman to have a big role. And I'll, I'll do something specific on Crisis on Infinite Earths in the future. But obviously, Barry Oliver and Kara are the, the big three of this multiverse. And so I would expect them to have the biggest role. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not expecting Supergirl and Flash to die like it happens in the comics. I think if anything, I think there's a better chance Superman and maybe Wally West or some other Flash die um, because Supergirl and, and Flash are too important to this universe right now. So I'm curious if Superman is involved in Crisis on Infinite Earths and how he will be used. But that is a story for another day. But let me know what you thought about Superman. Am I, am I being a little harsh on the ending here or do you agree with me? Um, and did you like it overall despite that or somewhere in between? Let me know what you thought about Superman and Lois Lane and even Supergirl in 
Elseworlds. You can do that by tweeting the show at SupermanPod on Twitter, or you can send it to me directly at CryptonTom on Twitter. And remember, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere now for podcasts. If there's some specific thing you want to be on, let me know, and I can make sure it's on there. And leave a review wherever you use it. I would really appreciate that. That's all for now. I'll be back soon with news and maybe a look at Superman the movie, the 40th anniversary.